You're listening to the Live Church Livonia podcast, a show where you can hear the teachings from our weekend gatherings. You can catch the full service on our Facebook or YouTube and head over to our website if you'd like to give. Here we're real people following a real God and experiencing real life. Welcome to Life Church Livonia. Hey, good morning, Life Church Livonia. It's really good to be together with you today. My name is Alex. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Uh, and if you're new here, uh, I just want you to know this is a place uh, you can belong. This is a place that there is a community uh, that wants to do life with you and care about you. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, explore what it would mean to be a part of this community a little deeper, I invite you to click on the digital bulletin link, which is in the video description, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or listening on our podcast. It's on, it goes to our website, the digital bulletin, and there's a digital connection card there that uh, you can fill out and give us your contact info so that as we do things, we can get a hold of you and say, hey, this is going on. We'd love for you to be involved. So today is week two of our series, A New Way to Be Human. And as I was praying and thinking over what we were going to talk about this fall and uh, what I felt like God had for us, I felt very burdened by all just the the grossness, the, the hellishness of this past year and a half between the racial violence that was just so prevalent and uh, so at the forefront of American consciousness, between uh, just the awful and evil ways people treated each other during the 2020 election and the ways that people have continued to treat each other uh, so selfishly and with such disregard for the other as we've navigated masks and vaccines, it has just been very uh, sad and, and very difficult. And it's left me and I think many of us feeling like there has got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to do conflict. There's got to be a better way to do relationships. There's got to be a better way uh, to do friendship. There's got to be a better way uh, to do politics. There has got to be a better way to be human to each other. And uh, the good news is that there is a better way, but it's not just a better way. Jesus has a new way, a totally new way to be human. And he is inviting us into that. And so throughout this series, A New Way to Be Human, we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus's magnum opus, quintessential. This is what it means uh, to be a person in the kingdom of God. So, um, we're going to be looking at the, the Beatitudes today. It's this the first section of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. And this is one of the most popular, profound, uh, well-written, well-documented about um, pieces of scripture in the world. And so uh, I just say with humility that I'm simply not wise enough to understand all of it and that I may miss pieces that... Uh, you feel like I should say, and you're welcome to put that in the comments or reach out to us about that. But um, I, I, I just know there are going to be things I miss today, and and I'm not going to be able to offer all the riches of this passage of scripture. But what I can offer you is what I do understand, and what I what God has shown me in this, and what I do see, and I think that's enough for each of us to take our next step of obedience today. So first, we're going to read the scripture. And while I'm reading this, I want you to think about who's your favorite superhero and why. 
And I'm going to have you put that in the comments in a second. So uh, the Sermon on the Mount begins. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. So I want you to put in the comments, who's your favorite superhero and why? Is it Spider-Man? I'm really looking forward to the new Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. Actually, I think Tom Holland's my favorite Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire's the OG, okay? Totally the OG. Fan of Andrew Garfield as an actor, not my favorite Spider-Man. Uh, Tom Holland's great though. Is it Wolverine? Man, I loved the movie Logan. Quite intense and crass. I would not, this isn't a recommendation. I'm just saying I enjoyed it. And I really love Hugh Jackman's portrayal of him. Uh, is it Superman? Man of Steel? Wrecked me. Okay, I know that movie gets a lot of hate. And I don't know why, because I actually really liked it. But my favorite superhero of all time was, is, has always been, may always be, Batman. That's right, baby. And uh, my love for Batman started with this 1990s cartoon, Batman the Animated Series. They did not have to go as hard as they did in writing such an amazing piece of work, but they did it for us, 90s kids, okay? And I'm talking about, you know, Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman, that big, deep voice. Not a great Batman voice. Christian Bales I can do a better impression of. That's for another time. Anyway, and then Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker is the Joker. Hot take, I think Mark Hamill is even better as the Joker than he is as Luke Skywalker, especially since the last three Star Wars films ruined that character, but we're not going to open that wound today. But I just love Batman, and I think what I love about Batman is he's a superhero who's not super, right? He, he just uses his own wits and his own resources to be able to fight crime and bring justice to the world. And he does it from the shadows. He doesn't need superhuman powers. He just needs an endless supply of money, physical endurance, and a violent voice that strikes fear into the hearts of his enemies. That's all Batman needs. <laughs> and um, it's been amazing and kind of interesting to me as superhero films have become so prolific, like that the Marvel Cinematic Universe, A, exists, but B, has just done so well globally. Like it surpassed Star Wars and um, Lord of the Rings as being just one of the most popular, uh, well-known and um, highest grossing franchises in the history of movies. It's really, really incredible. And as I've seen that happen, because you know I'm a part of that too, I just think I love the Marvel movies. Like, Man, Endgame, come on. I'll talk, we'll talk about it later. I'm not going to get lost on that train. But um, I do love the movies. And I've been asking myself, as they've gotten so popular, why? 
But why are they so popular? What about them is so magnetic that the globe seems to be interested in them? And, and I've done some thinking, and I don't claim to have the perfect answer, but I, I, I do think this is true. I think that all of us long for a perfect world. All of us long for a world where everything is made right and whole and good, both on the inner side of us and the outer side of us. A world where there's no injustice. A world where there's no grief or loss or evil or even pain. A world that, that is perfect, that's whole, that's good. And, and the weird thing about this is we all long for this perfect world even though we've never seen it. We act like it's just around the corner, like almost like we remember having been there before. We vote, we argue, we fight, we post, all believing that if we could just change, fill in the blank. If we could just change the political system, if we could just change the president, if we could just change our spouse, if we could just change our job or financial situation, if we could just change our boss, if we could just change our family, if we could just change then we'd be a little bit closer to the world being that perfect world. That perfect world where our marriage is always fulfilled and happy. That perfect world where we don't struggle with our bodies, our minds, our identity, our anxieties, our doubts, our insecurities, our fears. That perfect world where we don't have to be afraid of what other people might think or do to us. A world where we're accepted and loved for who we are. A world where the threat of death is not a shadow that hangs over the joy of life. A world where there's plenty, and that plenty is shared with everyone so no one is without. Superheroes are heroes because they have this superhuman, extrahuman power that gives them the strength we wish we had to make that world a reality. Yet despite our hopes for this kind of world, despite our striving for it. It's never arrived. So we make stories about other people who have the power to make it arrive and to see that world come. And I think that's why we like superheroes so much. If you were with us last week for the first week of this series, A New Way to Be Human, um, and, and if you weren't, please catch up on our podcast or on our YouTube channel. Um, but you'll know that this world we're talking about isn't a fantasy. And it's not the setting or the outcome of a comic book strip. This world we're talking about is God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, that even now he is manifesting on the earth. God's kingdom is coming to make all things right, all things new, all things good and put in their proper place. And Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection, is inviting us to enact that kingdom on earth. In the same way that a hose distributes water to a garden, Jesus is saying, if you allow me to flow through you, you can pour heaven out on earth, just like a hose pours water onto a garden. And in this section of scripture uh, that we just read, Jesus gives this description for the kind of person who brings that heaven to earth. And so when it comes to God's word, we always want to ask two questions. We always want to ask, what is it you want me to understand in order to obey, <laughs> right? In American education, 
we go understand, 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 and then apply a little bit. And then we move on to understand, understand, understand. And in Jesus's way of doing things, uh, we apply, we apply, we obey, we obey our way into understanding. So the question is not like, do we understand everything about this, but what do we need to understand today in order to take our next step of obedience? So I've got four questions that I think are going to help guide our time together. Question one, why is Jesus on the mountain? And I wanted to talk about this today, but I had to cut it because I ran over time. So we're going to talk about it and tell me more. Join us on our podcast or on YouTube every Thursday where we do a podcast and talk a little bit deeper about the sermon and the scriptures from the the previous weekend. So we're going to talk about this question and tell me more. Number two, what does Jesus mean by blessed? Number three, what is Jesus saying about these different blessed things? And number four, what's he asking us to do about it? What is he asking us to do about it? So we're going to read that passage again. And and I want you, as we're reading it, to think, what does he mean by blessed? And what is he saying about these kinds of people? So, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside. Tell me more about that on Tell Me More. He began to teach them, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what does he mean by blessed? And I left out that last that last part on accident, but blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So what is what does Jesus mean by blessed here? Well, our word blessed is an English word that comes from a Latin word, that comes from a Greek word, that comes from a Hebrew word. And ultimately, that word means to be supremely and divinely favored in a way that is meant to be envied and mimicked. People who are blessed in the Hebrew consciousness and mindset are people who are heroes because they show us who humanity can be. People who are blessed are heroes because they show us who humanity can be. And we are meant to envy and mimic that. So as Jesus is talking about this, you know, and in the Hebrew consciousness again, right, like Moses was blessed. Moses was supremely and divinely favored in a way that he exemplified what it means to live out true humanity in relationship with God. And that's meant to be envied and mimicked. Elijah was blessed as he calls down fire from heaven and taps into the power and presence of God in prayer. David is blessed as he taps into God's righteousness and purposes on the earth and frees uh, Israel from potential slavery by slaying Goliath. Right? That these are people who were Old Testament heroes, which is why we're talking about superheroes at the beginning. So when Jesus is saying, uh, blessed are, he's saying this kind of person is a hero that you are meant to envy and mimic because they are the kind of person that brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. Okay. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about blessed people. And so what is Jesus saying about this list of blessed people? And this is going to be the remainder of our time today, basically. 
I'm gonna go kind of quick. There's a lot of there's a lot of blessed people going on, okay, and so <laughs> we gotta get through all of them. <laughs> so he starts with "Blessed are the poor in spirit." Now this is a fascinating one because Jesus, and I think this is the first time in Scripture that this these two ideas are combined in this way. Jesus uses a financial term and combines it with a spiritual term to describe a spiritual reality. So the word for poor here, it does not mean I make under 20 grand a year and I'm barely making it. It means I am homeless, I am destitute, I have nothing. I have nothing. There is nothing in my name that is of any wealth or value. And so Jesus is saying the kind of person we are to see as a hero and mimic because they bring God's kingdom is the kind of person who realizes they have nothing spiritually to offer God. There is no resource, no power, no strength that they have that is of any value to God. And all they can give God is themselves. Jesus says that's the kind of person that gets the kingdom. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. That when we come to God and recognize our spiritual emptiness, he fills us with his kingdom. So one of the things you're going to notice as we, that I noticed at least as we go through this list is these are not just um, behaviors. As Jesus is going through this list, they're not just behaviors he's asking us to do. These are ways he's asking us to interact with human experiences. So blessed are the poor in spirit. He's saying this is the way kingdom people interact with God and themselves. They recognize they have nothing that is of any spiritual value to God. And all they can give God is themselves. And when they recognize that, when they accept their spiritual bankruptcy, that's when they receive God's kingdom. So we're going to go on to the next one now, even though I kind of wish we didn't have to. We could camp there for a little bit. Next he says, blessed are those who mourn. Now, Jesus is talking about here, how do we handle loss as kingdom people? If we want that perfect world that we just love, the idea that superheroes can bring, Jesus is saying, you are a hero in God's kingdom when you mourn your losses instead of running from them, fighting against them, or freezing in the face of them. And if you're wondering, hmm, do I mourn my losses? How have you handled COVID? How have you handled, how have we handled isolation? Some of us are still fighting people we don't even know because we have so much loss and fear of losing more that it's just pent up inside of us and coming out aggressively. It's, it comes out when we talk about masks. It comes out when we talk about vaccines. If when those topics come out, you want to fight somebody, you know you're not mourning your losses. You're, you're just going into fight or flight. Some of us freeze, and, and this is one of the sad ones to me. I have so many friends who are stuck in 2020, even though it's almost 2022. Like, we haven't talked. They haven't done anything to move forward other than just stay frozen. It's like time has stopped around them. And that's, that's just a running from the loss. And then there are other folks I've, I know that have just disconnected from everybody. They don't hardly talk to their family. They don't have any friends anymore. <laughs> At least they still think, oh yeah, I've got friends. It's just all the people I used to talk to two years ago. 
All right. It, Jesus is saying in God's kingdom, the, the kind of people that you're to look to and go, oh my gosh, that's a hero, is the kind of person who is able to mourn their losses and by embracing them and moving through it. Next, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, I really, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I don't know what I'm going to do on time, but I'm going to go for it. So as Jesus is saying this, there's uh, this Roman occupation of Israel. Okay, so Rome is in charge of Israel. They have military governance over Israel. And in the Old Testament, God's promise to the Jewish people is that I'm going to give you a promised land. So God's, the evidence of God fulfilling his promise is that the Israelite people are free people on a physical space on the earth. So when Jesus is saying, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth, he's saying meek people are the people that inherit God's promises upon the earth. But the wrinkle is, there was a group, a political group called the Zealots who believed that the way to inherit God's promise was uh, through violence and guerrilla warfare against their Roman oppressors. That if they could attack, malign, defame, and kill their oppressors, that's how they know God would be with them and they would inherit the earth. And Jesus is saying, kingdom people do not use force to inherit God's promises. They use meekness. And now meekness is an interesting term. It means to be gentle, which is the act of withholding strength. So a lioness um, is gentle with her cubs because the lionesses are hunters, right? So the same jaws that can kill a gazelle in a moment can carry their baby and not kill the baby. That's gentleness. It's a reserved strength. So meekness means gentle. It means soft. It means humble. It means enduring injury with great patience. Jesus is saying those kind of people who interact with power and suffering with gentleness, patience, and endurance and humility those are the kind of people that God looks at and goes, you're a hero. You are a kingdom person. Next, he says, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So righteousness simply means when the right thing is done. The opposite of righteousness is wrongness. It's what we would call sin as Christians. And so Jesus is saying, um, the kind of people who are heroes in God's eyes are people that when the wrong thing is done, it hurts them in their guts like they're starving. And they crave like they're dehydrated the right thing to happen on the earth. Jesus is saying, those are kingdom people. Those are the people uh, who have God's favor and nearness and who um, God wants you to be like. Next, it says, blessed are the merciful. So, Mercy is the act of withholding a punishment that's deserved. Grace is the flip side of that coin. Grace is giving a gift that's undeserved. Okay? So when we talk about God's grace, we mean God is giving us the, a gift, the gift of new life in Jesus we do not deserve. And when we talk about God's mercy, we mean God is withholding a punishment we justly and rightly deserve and have earned. Right? And so... What Jesus is talking about here is how do kingdom people handle justice? He's saying they handle it with mercy. You bring the kingdom of heaven to earth when you handle issues of justice 
with mercy. Now, what he's not saying is that justice never comes. What the Bible says is vengeance belongs to the Lord. And here's why. When a wrong is done, God's God's goal for all human beings is flourishing on the earth. God is the source of all life and love and goodness and wants to bring that life and love and goodness to bear upon the earth, creating that kingdom of heaven, that perfect world we all long for and can almost remember. But when a wrong is done, in order for flourishing to come from that, there has to be this perfect balance of mercy and justice. Too much mercy and there's no boundaries. No one's ever really wrong. It's just a, hey, I didn't like that. Please don't do that. But there's no, you know, if you can imagine, like, if, if a wrong is like a nail into a piece of wood, boom, and you take the nail out, there's a hole, right? Justice whoop, fills that hole with wood filler. So now the wrong that's been done whoop, is filled, right? So too much mercy and no wrongs are ever made right. Too much justice and we end up abusing the power to judge people and we create a cycle of vengeance because Instead of meeting uh, the, the crime with the perfect filling of that crime in a just way, we have a tendency to take revenge and overuse that justice, which then creates an injustice against the group that did an injustice to us. So they come to take revenge and do an injustice to us, which means now we have to take revenge and it creates a cycle of vengeance in people's lives. So as Christians, we just recognize only God knows the perfect balance of mercy and justice so that all things are made new, redeemed, and made whole. And that as followers of Jesus, we let God be the one to ultimately judge people, and we show mercy because God has shown us mercy. Next is uh, pure in heart. (laughs) Jesus is talking about how do we handle desire? How do we as kingdom people handle desire? So a lot of us strive to be pure in act which means that we feel the greed, we feel the lust, we feel the envy, we feel the insecurity, we feel the hate, but we just don't do it. And what Jesus is saying is kingdom people allow God to work in them so that they're not just pure in action, they're pure in heart, where their very center has rightly ordered its desires. And that's a beautiful thing. Jesus says that is a hero in God's eyes. And that's the kind of person the kingdom of heaven is coming in and through. Next, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. You can only make peace because there is conflict. And so Jesus is saying in God's kingdom, uh, the way to bring God's kingdom and people who are living into that, living in and through the kingdom, are people who make peace when there's conflict, not people who take revenge when there's conflict. A a beautiful, powerful thing. You could preach a whole sermon on that. We got to move on. Next, number eight. um, Blessed are those, and I'm going to actually read this because it it starts to get a little wordy here. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, the because of righteousness is important. This is really talking about how do Christians, how do kingdom people deal with opposition? Now, One of the things that Jesus is implying and recognizing here is that there is a war between good and evil, righteousness and sinfulness in the world. And we'll talk about that a little bit more and tell me more. But he's recognizing that there is a war in the world. And when you do the right thing, 
you're going to be challenged by the side that opposes that. And Jesus says, when you stand for what's right in God's kingdom, you're going to be attacked by the enemy for that. And know that when that happens, you are a hero in the eyes of God because you are standing against what is wrong for what is right. And that's a good thing and is to be envied and mimicked and embodied by all people. Next, he says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is about um, approval. Jesus is saying, when you live into this kingdom way, again, that side who is against the kingdom, the side of the devil and of sin, are going to oppose you and you will be lied about, you will be attacked and defamed, and you will be persecuted. But know when that happens, you can rejoice because that is an evidence that not only does God see you are living out his kingdom on the earth, but so does, do God's enemies. And they don't like it. And ultimately, this is about, in my guts, am I working for the approval of people or the approval of God? Because there will come a moment, many moments, when I can't have both. And God says, the kind of person who is a hero in my kingdom, who brings the kingdom, that kind of person is a person who chooses the approval of God over the approval of people. Now, as we close, the question is, what is Jesus asking us to do about this? This is a big list, and it's intense. And I hope you felt inadequate as you were listening to me talk about some of these because I think that's the point. This is a, not a list of behaviors. This is a list of the kind of people who bring and embody God's kingdom. And there is a reason Jesus begins with blessed are the poor in spirit. Because we have to realize we do not have the resources to be that person. We do not have the resources to be, maybe if I tried my hardest in one or two areas, I could be that person. But to be all of those things, all of the time, nobody's like that, except for Jesus. As Jesus is describing this kingdom hero, he's describing himself. And we have to begin with blessed are the poor in spirit, because we have to realize oh, wow, this isn't just like a new way to live. This is a new way to be human. And I lack the resources required to make myself into this person. And I am poor before God. And I need you, Lord, to be the one that fills me, changes me, and transforms me into this kingdom person. And so if you've never followed Jesus, I want to invite you today to begin with recognizing that we are all poor in spirit and all of us lack the spiritual resources required to make this perfect world we love watching our superheroes fight for. And that only when we recognize, Lord, all I can give you is myself and I surrender to you to do life your way. He fills us like a spigot fills a hose with water 
And then we can direct that, that kingdom heart, that love of God upon the earth and bring heaven to earth. And if you are um, a follower of Jesus already, I want to invite you to seriously uh, take an accounting of yourself and see where do you need to recognize your own poverty of spirit? Where do I need to recognize my own poverty of spirit in these different areas and say, Lord, I repent that I have not been doing this. And I need you to transform and fill me with your Holy Spirit in a new and powerful way. So as we close, I I just want you to take a look at the list again. And I want to ask you, what's one area this week? What's one area where you can go, Lord, I am poor in spirit and I need you to do a miracle inside of me to change me, not just to a better person, but a new kind of person who brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. And again, if you've never followed Jesus, I want to invite you to pray with me right now to do that. If God is moving in your heart, like I said earlier, you don't need to understand everything. And frankly, if you're waiting on that, you're going to keep waiting. Because in God's economy, we follow and obey our way into understanding. We do not understand our way into obedience. And if you are a follower of Jesus, I invite you to pray with me. And just to confess and repent where you have gone off track in this COVID season from this kind of kingdom person. So would you pray with me now? Father, I just recognize that, Lord, my own sinfulness and brokenness uh, went out in my life and that I do not embody this kind of person who brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. And I recognize that on the cross, you put all sin and evil to death and that you rose without it to a new kind of life that you are inviting me into right now, this new way to be human. And Jesus, I just recognize that I am poor in spirit and I need your grace and mercy. And I surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and transform me that I might be this new kind of person who brings heaven to earth. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed with me, I want to invite you. Please let us know. Comment in the comments section. Message us on Facebook. Fill out the connection card, the digital connection card on the digital bulletin. We want to walk with you. Thank you for joining us today and God bless you.